Hello, this is Jeff and John. We're from the other side of the pulpit. I'm Jeff. I'm He's John. John. <laughs> John's a preacher's kid, and what they say about preacher's kids, it's true. And I'm a preacher with kids, and yep. Uh, and John helps me, uh, has been helping me for years uh, because uh, he's he's let me see things from the other side of the pulpit. Um, as a as a preacher's kid, he he let me know what my kids are going through, and so we have uh, established a huge bond, a friendship, a brotherhood uh, beyond just being church uh, brothers. Uh, we have we have established a bond, and we get together, and we love to talk. Um, our problem is we we get to talking too much. So what we do is we we're just talking on this for about thirty minutes, roughly, um, usually a little bit more. Um, little. <laughs> so we try to keep it under forty, <laughs> but we try to keep it around thirty minutes, and we do, and we talk about the Bible. We just let y'all listen in. So let's open with prayer, and we're going to get started on what John's got in his mind today. Now, I'm going to tell you that John's mind is like alphabet soup. There's a lot in there, and it takes a while to put, take all those letters and make sentences. So let's pray. Dear Lord, Father, thank you so much for this day. Father, thank you so much for letting me and John get together and just converse about your word and about you and about life and about how we need to become better Christians and how we can, what we need to do to follow you and, and Lord, the, the stumbling blocks that we have to overcome and the, the hurdles we have to, in, to go over and, and Father, the mountains that get in our way and how you have just established a way to remove all that stuff that you're there waiting on us. Lord, I ask you to bless this moment and Lord, anyone listening today, Father, I ask you to touch them in a special way. Uh, Father, we ask it all in your son's holy name. Amen. All right, John. This, listen, y'all, this is going to be a continuation kind of, of what Jeff and I got started on last week. But this is the other side of the pulpit because being a preacher's kid, I could see the man that stood on the other side of the pulpit. And there were questions in my mind that even even he is, is knowing my dad like I did and the kind of person that he was, uh, he truly bore the fruits of the Spirit that's outlined in the book of Galatians about the love, the joy, and the peace, and the long-suffering and all mm-hmm. that. Because had he not had long-suffering and patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness, he would not have had three boys that actually matured and got became adults. Because mm-hmm. he would have literally pinched all three of our heads off. Yes. If, if not waited and cut them off with a chainsaw. Absolutely. Um, and you, when you said absolutely, yes, absolutely. Uh, I've got a son that reminds John of himself when he was young. Oh, tremendously. And not in a good way. Not in a good way. But he also reminds me of John in a later day because he's starting to mature a little bit. And um, in, in, in a lot of ways. So, Well, and, and that's, that's one reason... Because I see the wanderings of his mind, and I mean, even now I'm looking at something on the wall over there that he drew. It just amazes me. I mean, it's... <laughs> the only thing that I could ever draw when I was growing up was cars and hot yeah. rods and smoke coming off the of tires and flames coming out of head. That's okay. The only thing I could draw was a bath. Oh, I... <laughs> I couldn't even draw that. <laughs> Therefore, I drew flies. 
Uh, and if not for my mother, that's what I would have done. <laughs> Meanwhile, back at Durant. So what's your question for the day, Johnny? All right. The, what we started on last week actually came mm-hmm. out, of a, out of an old book that I just happened to pick up in, in, you know, in searching for answers of questions that go across my mind. Number one, about how wicked we are as men. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, number two, about how wicked we are even as regenerated men. Mm-hmm. And, and how that regeneration is supposed to take a lot of that out of us. Mm-hmm. And in a lot of cases, it doesn't. And, and why is that? Because when I read this statement, i got to find it first, okay? Uh, I don't know why I can't find it. I'm in the wrong chapter. Duh. Uh, when I read this statement, and I asked Jeff this question last week, and... Y'all, I wish you could have saw the look on his face when I asked him this because I'm, I'm sure it's something he never been asked because I never had to ask. Yeah. And I made this statement of what it was. It comes, it comes out of a book called The Knowledge of the Holy by A.W. Tozer. I urge you, if you can find this book, please get it. The first thing that comes out is what comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. Mm-hmm. Well, the question that came out of that is, what do you think about God? Right. Not what do you think of Him as as a being, as a creator, or, yes. or as this entity that we must deal with and we know that at some point in time that we're going to stand before as our judge. Yeah. Or we're going to stand before Him as our Father. Right. As our Redeemer, as our mm-hmm. Forgiver, as our, as our King, as our Lord. Yeah. Not what we think about Him in that aspect, but what we the thoughts that we have of Him. Mm-hmm. Where do we put Him in our lives? What, what, what kind of place does He hold? And so many times that what we do is we take those thoughts and we make a God out of those thoughts mm-hmm. that we can deal with. Yep. We want to make a God that we can manipulate, a God that we can use, mm-hmm. a God that we can use to accomplish our purposes instead of being... Uh, understanding and being taught that this this is not a God of that. That's why he talks so much about the potter and the clay. He's the potter. Yeah. We're trying to influence the potter mm-hmm. into making us into the kind of vessel that we want to be mm-hmm. instead of submitting ourselves to the potter to make us the vessel that he wants us to be. Right. Which comes about, you and you look at the examples that he gave uh, in the Old Testament, with the children of Israel. Mm-hmm. When you look at everything that they went through and their idea and their thoughts of the God that they had, it's the same thoughts we're having today. Yep. Israel wanted a God that they could control. Yep. They wanted a God that satisfied them. Mm-hmm. They wanted a God that catered to them. Mm-hmm. What do we got today? People that, that feel the same way. They think God's a progressive God that changes with the times. They think that God is a God that that uh, accepts them for who they are, and that there's a verse of scripture. And I'm going to say it's in Matthew, where it's talking about um, people um, taking care of their their parents, and they go, mm-hmm. uh, "You should be glad that I'm taking care of you the way I'm taking care of you. Just be glad I'm I'm doing that, mm-hmm. um, and not taking care of you the way you're I'm supposed to be taking care of you. Give and and and." That's the mentality of people with, with Christ and with people with the church and people with their Christian faith um, is they feel like God should just be glad 
that they acknowledge his existence. Right. And and that's <clears throat> and but the judge right. should be happy with them just because they come to church three times a week. Uh, or three times a year. Or three times a year. Yes. Or or God should be blessed with my presence. I'm here. Look how good I am. I'm in church and I'm performing all these rituals. Mm-hmm. Look, look, I, I'm I'm running up and down the aisle in joy and sh- celebration and shouting and, you know, mm-hmm. lifting praises up to you. But Monday morning, I'm going to go back just to the same diabolically mm-hmm. uh, irreverent, sinful person that I was before. But look at me on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we we have we have lessened the authority of God in our lives yep. to make Him the God that we mm-hmm. want Him to be. Yes. Now, what do you call that? You call it an idol. Yep. You call it an idol because you look back at what happened to the to the children of Israel when Moses went up on the mountain. Who Moses was their leader, and Moses was following God. Mm-hmm. So what happened is when Moses went up on the mountain, all of a sudden they realized, hey. We don't have Moses around, but what are we going to follow? Mm-hmm. So what they were doing was following Moses. Yes, they were not. Instead of the God of Moses. Yes. Which is what Moses was trying to get them to follow. Mm-hmm. Because that was the commission that God had given him. Mm-hmm. Lead my people. Yep. So, so what happened when, when Moses was up on the, on the, the, the mountain, the Mount Sinai, getting the law? Mm-hmm. Moses has been gone 30 days. We don't know what happened to him. Who are we going to follow now? So they go to Aaron, the high priest, who is supposed to be the next in line, having authority to go to God. Mm-hmm. Okay? And what do they say? We want something we can worship. Well, the God that they were supposed to be worshiping was exhibiting him the, himself right there in front of them on that mountain. Mm-hmm. Because there's lightning and thunder and smoke and billowing fire and earthquakes and everything going on on the mountain. Yes. But what did he? What did they want Aaron to do? Make us a god of gold mm-hmm. and, and a calf that we can worship. Yep. And what did Aaron do? He took the gold and the earrings and he threw it into the fire and he fashioned this calf out. Mm-hmm. So when Moses comes down off the mountain and he sees what's going on, because they were in abject idolatry, they were having an, a, 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 yeah. a, an orgy right there, you know, mm-hmm. in front of the calf. And, and, and what did he say to Aaron after he threw the tablets down? What what did you do? What happened? And what did Aaron say? Oh, I don't know. I just took all this gold and threw it in this fire, and his calf just popped right out. Yeah. Isn't that what he said? Yeah. That's the same way that we're doing today. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. We're taking the gold of this world, whether mm-hmm. it be material, you know, material possessions or jet airplanes that God to- God told me I need a new jet airplane. All right, now you're talking about certain preachers. I, and, I am, <laughs> and I am. I know. I know you are. And I'm going to talk about some more of them, too. Yeah. God, God told me, well, God tells us that as the church, as the divine authority, that you should come in and give us more money and worship our little idols that we have set up in the front and come to them for healings because, you know, they cry. Mm-hmm. You don't know where I'm going with that one, mm-hmm. do you? I know do exactly where I'm going. Okay. All right. You know, I've been in those countries. Where they had, the, you know, the thing up on the mountain. Mm-hmm. Back when I was a teenager, there, uh, there was a lady in Conyers that had a some kind of something. People would line up because it was a, like a picture of Mary or something. Is that the one where the picture of Jesus or Mary was in the piece of toast that come out of the oven? Something like that. I don't remember. An apparition. Yeah, so it was... 
but just about a half a cup. John, pour me some coffee right now, so life is good. That's good, brother. And black, cuff, black coffee and black, black cup. cup. I can't tell what half a cup it is. Um, but anyway, yeah, that, see, see, yeah, we, we've established, uh, our people have established God as being something that they're turning Him into instead of something that they need to turn into. And I've said it from the pulpit more than once, is um, people take the Bible and try to make it fit their life instead mm-hmm. of taking their life and making it fit their Bible. And John, two weeks ago, I was with a friend of mine who's a pastor. Mm-hmm. And he gave me just a little small snippet of an introduction to a message. Mm-hmm. And he goes, take it and run with it, brother. And I, when he said what he said, I went, ooh, that's good. And that's what I'm preaching today. I've been working on this for two weeks. Mm-hmm. And and I'm preaching it. I'm going to preach it this morning. I hope God preaches it to the people the way he preached it to me mm-hmm. from that snippet that that guy told me. But in essence, God's looking to use people to do his work. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And people need people mm-hmm. that know what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. And here's the thing, to give you just an excerpt of what it's going to be, is God needs us to be experts. Now, not perfect. Exactly. But study to show yourself approved. Unto God. Yes. Mm-hmm. He needs people that's going to study God, to study His Word, rightly dividing the truth, mm-hmm. so that they can be witnesses mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to him because there's people out there that are looking to fill a void in their life. Absolutely. And which goes completely back to what we've yes. been talking about right here, how when you study God's word, it is a it is not a progressive book, but it is a book of progression yes. about how we come through these ages yes. that have been set out before us. Yes. And you can't take something that was not written mm-hmm. to a group of people and make it apply to another group of people unless you see the whole plan. Well, people, we've gotten to where we we believe more about the. We we've gotten to where we we believe more about what we've been told than what we've studied because most people haven't studied, That's so they right. know that what they've been told. And we've gotten to a point where people are more denominationally, their faith is more their denomination than than in the Bible. I tell people that I am a a preacher that is a Christian that preaches at a Southern Baptist church. I'm not a Southern Baptist preacher. Right. Because when right. when I look at the Scripture and I look at what the Southern Baptists believe, if there is any kind of a variation, I stick with the Bible. Absolutely. If I was preaching in a Methodist church, I would say that I am a preacher and I am a Christian and I preach in a Methodist church. Mm-hmm. If I If I was preaching in a Pentecostal church, Mm-hmm. I would say I am a preacher, I am a Christian, and I preach in a Pentecostal church mm-hmm. because the denomination carries very little weight. The Bible carries all the all weight. weight. All the weight. Because I want to fit the Bible. Now, so many times people have gotten in their denomination. And so I hear it all the time about um, from, from people that are in other denominations that like uh, 
speaking in tongues mm-hmm. and 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 being healed and all that. I'm going, you know, the Bible specifically gave authority to the apostles, mm-hmm. but He doesn't give it to me and you. Right. We can Absolutely. pray Absolutely. so that again God can heal, Absolutely. and I've been a part of that. Now, but, now. That this is not saying that God cannot do all of these things, but the situations that these things are being done in are situations that He determines, what not I, us. What I find amazing and amusing, and sad and upsetting, is that the same people who will pop you in the head to heal you from a from a disease, when somebody in their family needs is has an issue. They take him to the doctor. Take him to the doctor. The man that built a hospital that laid hands on people is the same man that built a ultra million gazillion dollar hospital. Yes. I, I'm, this, see, Jeff, this is one thing coming up. Literally growing up in a church like I did, I saw these things. Mm-hmm. I saw these denominational monikers. I saw these people practicing this and doing the exact opposite. Mm-hmm. If you, I, I had relatives. I had relatives that were in the hospital on the point of death. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I had, and, and and these people came in and did all of this stuff, and they still died. Mm-hmm. And you know why they died? Because it's pointed under man wants to die, and then judgment. But you know what it was blamed on? Size. They didn't have enough faith. Yeah. That has nothing to do with it. Look. Uh, and I posted this on Facebook because all, what we're going through right now, John, is is you get you, there's commercials out there that go rely on the science. We need to take a vaccine. And what? don't I'm not against. Mm-hmm. I get I get the flu vaccine every, almost every year. This year I didn't because everybody's staying away from me. I hadn't had the flu, and I still have. I got COVID and I oh, still yeah. have the antibodies. But here's the thing, John. They're they're going. You got to have this. You got to have this science. You got to rely on science. Science and doctors will only procrastinate the inevitable. Absolutely. It is appointed unto man once to die and then judgment. Everybody's going to die. Now, in 1985, when I had my appendix taken out, they they prolonged my my life. Mm -hmm. But they didn't. And and praise God, they prolonged my life. You know, God could have taken me anyway. But... He wasn't finished with me, so he gave doctors the wisdom to keep me prolonging my life. Mm-hmm. And a doctor will help you prolong your life. A doctor will, can help you spend your kids' inheritance, mm-hmm. but they will not help you spend your great 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 grandchildren's mm-hmm. inheritance because you will not live that long. That's right. That's right. And it's proven in the Word of God. Yes. We have been given a certain number of days to live on this earth. Yes. As not as individuals, but as a humankind, as a whole, by God, there's been a designation. So your lack of faith is not is not has what caused to you to die. Too much faith didn't cause you to die. It has nothing to do. And with science it. didn't cause you to it live or die. To do with it. You died because it was your time to die. And it's strange to me that a lot of these guys that are doing this, that are saying all this stuff about that, and and about how. They will. Look, I'm sorry, but and they go back to Isaiah and they say, "By his stripes we were healed." The same guys that you see in the drugstore buying color to put in their hair so they can look younger. Yes. Somebody they asked me one time, said, "Why don't you color your hair?" I said, "Because if I color my hair, I'll be telling everybody that God's imperfect." Exactly. I said, "Because exactly. He gave me gray hair, not 
Yeah, and they, I said I inherited it from my family. I, I'm sorry, I'm getting kind of one on the Look, this stuff bothers me because I, over the over the last, I've, however many years that I've been alive and wondered about this, I have been assaulted so many times. The the harshest assaultings, mentally and emotionally, I have ever had have been by <coughs> religious people. Yes, church people will eat their own. A Christian will absolutely. Love you. Absolutely, and that's Absolutely. that's the thing. That's that's the difference between. And I don't care what denomination you're in. Go to the Methodist, Baptist, Presbyterian, Pentecostal, Catholic. They're all, all the same. Absolutely. I have a cousin who was who was a Catholic because he married a Catholic girl. Mm-hmm. Now he's not, but that's another story. Um, but he went to a he he moved from Florida to Georgia. In Florida. Because you you live close to the beach, beach people live different than inner in interior people. Yeah, and yeah, so the, the when land he, lovers. When he lived there, it was everybody during the, in, in South Florida. You mm-hmm. didn't wear a, a, a suit and tie, and mm-hmm. and women didn't dress. You know, because it's ninety degrees when you walk outside mm-hmm. a church, mm-hmm. and so they would wear nice shorts and nice shirt or whatever to church. Well, when he moved to Georgia, oh my God, you're going to go to hell for that. Yeah. And, so, and a church member reprimanded him for wearing, yeah. for dressing like that, like we do right now. Yeah, I'm, I'm not in shorts, of. but I'm in long. You know, I'm not wearing a tie either. But that exactly, and I said. And I looked at him and I said, that wasn't a Christian, that was a church person. Well, see, and I, I was taught always if you didn't dress completely up going to church on Sunday morning and, you know, had foo-foo in the after show, Old Spice on your face yeah. and, you know, your hair was perfectly combed and all this stuff like that, that, that you were disrespecting God. And, and I never could understand that because, like I said last week, God sees my naked honey in the shower every morning. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I have nothing to hide from Him anymore. Here's the thing, John, and this is what people forget. God sees your thoughts. He's, he knows what you're thinking. He knows what I'm thinking. And because of that, what you wear on the outside is nothing. What We've been a society of make it look good on the outside. Don't worry about what it is on the inside. Beauty, skin, deep, ugly, goes to the bone. And we've got to where you dress up and dress nice and act right on Sundays and you, you're fine. John, I was in a fraternity. You ready? I'm going to let you thought. finish, but you know, I've got to throw this in there. But I was in a fraternity and we've got best organization on campus. And you know why? Because the president of the fraternity got up and he said, I don't care what's going on. When you walk out these doors, you love everybody. We're, he goes, you don't have to like them. You can hate them, That's and you can thing. and you can mm-hmm. fight with them. But when you walk outside these doors, we are all closely. And you know what? On the outside, our fraternity looked great, but on the inside, it is like is like it had been through a grinder. On the inside, there was backstabbing. There was there was people were mad at each other. People didn't like each other. People uh, people didn't talk to each other. But when they were outside, they looked good. We got best organization on campus because. The outside appearance, not because of what we were doing. You, you want me to bring it forward? And that's how people, that's how people think it is. Oh, if we look good out here, 
argue like cats and dogs, cuss, dog cuss each other mm-hmm. on the way to church, run over people to get them out of the way, blow the horn, passing on the double yellow line. We got to get to church, open that door, set that foot on the ground of that part. Oh, praise God, Jesus is Lord. You know, everything yeah. is just marvelous. Fighting amongst yourselves. And then when I started, when I started in leadership of a church, this is back when me and Stephanie were first got married. Mm-hmm. Actually, before we got married, I, I became a youth leader. And then when we got married, she got more involved. She said, it's hard to see how people are fighting and they walk in on Sunday morning and shaking hands and loving each other, knowing they don't like each other. That's right. And uh, said, they're not living a godly life That's right. because if they were, they would sit down and say, hey, let's work this out. But they're only nice in front of it, in front of everybody, and then when they walk out the door, they hate each other again. Absolutely. And he, she said, that bothers me. She said, going to church and worshiping was a lot easier. And here's the thing: there are people in leadership positions that are doing the exact same Absolutely. thing. They hate each other, or they they're jealous of, of somebody. They they're they're caused they're they're but on the outside they're just like smiling, but on the inside, and and and. And it's because they, they want to be seen as something. Uh-huh. And God sees that. And that's, God knows. That's putting up that image that we want to establish that look how godly we are. Mm-hmm. And inside we're raving and wolves. That's right. That's exactly right. Go, 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 go. Read the scripture. I, it can't, Sonny, I mean, and, and I'd, 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 I'd read these passages like this and it would just agonize me and just eat at my very core of my being. And it's Hebrews 4, 12 through 14. Of uh, 13, 12 and 13. For the word of God is living. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, Wasn't mm-hmm. we talking about that? Yes. This is yes, it is a living book. Yes. But it's not it and it, it is a book of progression, but, but it's not, not a living progression. Yes, exactly. It doesn't change. Yes, correct. This, the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow. And is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And there is no creature. This is this is not talking about an animal. It's a human being. Mm-hmm, there mm-hmm. is no creature hidden from his sight. But all things are naked and open to the eyes of him who we must give account. Mm-hmm. He sees everything inside of us. He mm-hmm. sees the thoughts and intents of our hearts. He knows when we're sending in that money to that uh, charitable organization that's going to help feed people that have been disposed because of weather disasters. Mm-hmm. He sees us when we're sending in that money to that legitimate, legitimate. Mm-hmm. I know I, I said D in there, it's a T. But legitimate ministry organization mm-hmm. that's evangelizing. When we send that money into those organizations that are sending Bibles into these foreign countries, mm-hmm. he sees the intent that we're mm-hmm. sending it in. Mm-hmm. Are we sending that in out of the generosity that God has put with the love in our hearts? Mm-hmm. Are we trying to impress him by saying, hey, look, I gave this, you know, I put $20 in the plate last Sunday. He don't care. He sees the thoughts and the intents of our heart. That's right. And we've established it. We've established these religious practices as things that we want to mold and form and shape God mm-hmm. into something that we can use. That's right. And we've taken His Word and not studied His Word to know to know Him. We've taken and studied that Word so we can gain access 
to something that we won't make us look good. That's right. We have we have turned the tide to make us look good. When Jesus was on the cross, they said, if you're truly the Son of God, get yourself down. Save yourself. You've mm-hmm. saved all these other people. Mm-hmm. Save yourself. The, the thief next to him said, save all of us. Save me and the other guy too. Mm-hmm. Save all three of us off the cross. Mm-hmm. And he said, and the other one said, looked, at me, looked and said, we deserve to be up here. Mm-hmm. He doesn't. Mm-hmm. And he looked at Jesus and he, or said to Jesus, he said, when you get to your kingdom, remember me. Mm-hmm. And Jesus said, today you will be with me in paradise. Mm-hmm. See, one was trying to get what he could get out of Jesus and the other one was just, was just trying to get to Jesus. Mm-hmm. One came to that realization. Yes. One wanted to get... One, both of them met Jesus. Both of them were, the same, were basically the same dis- distance from each other, from Jesus. One of them... One of them was trying, still trying to get his own way, and the other one had repented. For all we like sheep have gone astray. Mm-hmm. Everyone unto his own way. Yes. Jeff Wall sings a song, and I love the song. It's the man in the middle. Mm-hmm. I preached a sermon on it. That's that's probably I, I'm not a I'm not a song person, but I love that song. I love when Wall sings it. Because he sings it with his, from the heart, mm-hmm. but it talks about the man in the middle. And Jesus was between those two guys, and if you think about it, there's a symbolic there that he's between the sin and the repentance. Man, there's a lot of symbolism there that says he's between the sin and the repentance. And as long as we're hanging on to that sin and wanting our own way, we're not going to get it. But if we we turn and look and and, and repent and try to get to Jesus. And try mm-hmm. to follow Jesus instead of trying to get Jesus to, and that's a lot of people have tried. They're what they're doing exactly what you said is they're trying to take God to make Him something that will help them. Most people don't pray unless they're asking God to do something mm-hmm. for them. Mm-hmm. God, don't let me get a speeding ticket. God, mm-hmm. let me pass this test. Let, Lord, me, let me, Lord, I wish this day was good. Yes, um, uh, Lord, Mama's sick. Let's get Mama well. Or my, Grandma's sick. Let's get Grandma well. Let's or my my brother's sick. Let's get my brother well. Mm-hmm. And all they care about is personal thing. They don't mm-hmm. care that uh, Mama's sick. But you know what? She doesn't know Jesus as her Savior, Lord. I just you know what I'm saying. We focus on the physical and the and the me 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 me. And and this generation's getting more of a me generation than ever before. When when we come into a when we come into a so-called worship service, why are we coming into that service? Absolutely. Are we coming in to truly know God and worship that God, or are we coming in to worship the God that we think we want to have? Yes. Are we coming in because we want to feel good and we want to receive all this fuzzy feel goods and it's just this wonderful elation? Mm-hmm. Or mm-hmm. are we coming in to really truly know the God of the Bible and the repentance that He says that we should become and, and that surrender and submission to Him? Yes. What are we coming? What are our thoughts of God? That's a good place to leave it, John. Let's leave it. I hate it. Me me and you can go. We could be sitting here till lunchtime talking about this. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. But for the sake of our audience that might be listening to this, that's a good place to leave it. A question: What? Why are you serving? Why are you coming to church? Do you even read your Bible? If you do, what are you trying to gain from it? Are you trying to to fit the Bible into your life? Are you trying to fit your life into the Bible? Um, 
what what do you what's the gain and loss of what you're doing? Uh, what do you think of God? Is He just a God that you that is there to serve you in your own desires, or is He your Lord and Savior? Uh, that's a good good place to leave it, John. Um, is He God in your life? Absolutely. You want to close us in prayer, Father? Thank you for this day. Lord, I, I, I thank you for the opportunity just to come and open up before people and, and let other people know, mm-hmm. look, we're people just like you are. And this mm-hmm. is the other side of the pulpit. And these are the things that go on in our hearts and our lives mm-hmm. and the questions that I want answered. And what I see in modern day religion, Lord, is not what's conforming to your image, but it's conforming your image to what we want it to be. Lord, open our eyes to what the Holy Spirit, to who He truly is in our lives and how we should truly come to You and worship You in submission and humility and repentance and let You make us into what You want us to be and not us making You into what we want You to be. Mm-hmm. Father, keep our hearts and our minds and our eyes focused on You as we go throughout this next mm-hmm. week. And help us to praise you and thank you mm-hmm. out of a heart that's true and truly possessed by you. Mm-hmm. These things I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.